Call me sentimental, but to me, the most joyful moment in sports is the soccer goal. And when that goal happens at the World Cup, well, it's pretty good. I'm Brian Phillips. With the 2022 Men's World Cup approaching, I'm making a podcast called 22 Goals on the Ringer Podcast Network. It's about 22 of the most fire emoji goals in the history of the tournament. We're going to have so much fun. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. I love the NBA. When game day comes around, win or lose, this is the beer you want. Michelob Ultra, my go-to right now because I'm a light beer guy. Sorry, hate to break it to you. You know, I'll mess around with some other ones, but for the most part, really ever since college, I've been a light beer guy. Michelob Ultra, not only does it taste great, 95 calories, crisp and refreshing. Put it in your fridge. Watch how people just grab it. All of a sudden, they're gone. I also like Michelob Ultra because they're getting fans closer to the game right now than ever before with exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like signed memorabilia and courtside seats. Enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. After four years away, it's the return of a fan favorite, Arby's Brown Sugar Bacon Sandwiches. Stacked with sweet and savory bacon that will give you a candied feast for the senses. Available in BLT, roast beef, and turkey sandwiches. Try Arby's Brown Sugar Bacon Sandwiches today. Order the sandwiches online or on the Arby's app. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Limited time offer at participating U.S. locations while supplies last. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where you can find the Ryan Rosillo Podcast. You can find Fairway Rollin and the Ringer Gambling Show with Joe House. And you can find the Bill Simmons podcast. We're about to do the extravaganza three parts over unders for the East, for the West, and an awards podcast as part three. This is part one. This is the West. Let's go. All right, we're here. It is the annual podcast. Replicated in other places this year. Some people are on our corner, Rosillo. I know you don't like that. I don't, but this was this was bound to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. Joe Fine. House is here. We are going to do over-unders. It's three parts. We're going to do the West in part one. We're going to do the East in part two. And part three is a hodgepodge. It's awards. We have a special little fun gimmick that uh, I think people enjoy. But we're going to hit the West. We're going to try to stay on pace. I'm very excited for this. I'm going to group three teams together, Golden State, the Clippers, and the Suns for over-unders because I think it's hard to make a pick for one without how you feel about the other two. And I think we should talk about all three at the same time. Golden State's over-under is 52 and a half. The Clippers are 52 and a half. And the Suns are also 52 and a half right now in FanDuel. And this turns into a rock, paper, scissors. You have to be on somebody's side here. First of all, who do you think is going to win the division? There's, is Golden State going to repeat? Do we believe in the Clippers? Are the Phoenix Suns going to be in a free fall? Rosillo, out of those three teams, what, are, what is the one you're the most fascinated by? Well, I think it's Phoenix just because of the unknown. And I would mm. say it's not just us. It's people around the league are like ready to just pull the plug on all of it. They think Ooh. everything combined, all of it together, like no way. 
and I guess I'm just still that guy. I'm like, so wait, they're gonna suck? Oh, you're you're in Zag territory. I'm zagging against. Oh, NBA. Right. oh yeah, yeah. It's a Zag. We I, haven't even had a season yet. I really? thought you were talking dirty to me. I'm 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 with I'm with the league. Oh well, no, it's just funny because like you know, I mean, again, you know, however much access we all have, but like you know, rarely are you like, what are you fucking nuts to a GM? <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've been like leading up to the start of the season. House Suns fifty two and a half division two to one conference plus four thirty. Title 10 to 1. Play in plus 380 if you think they're going to be a seven seed. Don't, <laughs> don't laugh. Don't laugh. The West is freaking deep. Somebody's going to be in the play in. They had 64 wins I last year. Know. They're still good. If so you, what happened? All right. So how are they? What happened? How are they any better than they were last year? Is my first question. Then my second question is we know the West is way better than it was last year. And is this a seesaw thing where the Suns tip down the seesaw? Okay, but that's why the number is what it is. That's why it's 52 and a half. Honestly, you have a 64-win team at 52 and a half. Okay, so, all right, fine. It goes goes the wrong way. How wrong do you think it's going to go? Could it go 48 and 34? I feel like people are talking about them like 40 and 42 going the wrong way. And that's where I'm just like... Oh, that's stupid. Right, but 52 and a half is is the number where I I kept being like, I think everybody's going to go under on this one, and I'm not. House, do you feel like Alvarado broke Chris Paul? Well, that's like, like a yeah, UFC fighter. You guys, you guys are bringing out the you're bringing out the weapons too early. <laughs> <laughs> How long is this? Four hours. Is it like a UFC fighter where somebody just all of a sudden they couldn't figure out what to do against a chokehold and then that's it? Their career was over. Is Alvarado pressure just going to be the recipe against the Suns? Just make Chris work. They still won that it? series, didn't they? They did. They oh. won in six. What is the number for Chris Paul games? In minutes. How about minutes? How about the thing? The thing is, is it's a ton. Like he plays. He actually doesn't rest. Like there's so many guys around the league that miss like 25. So my biggest thing with the Suns for the offseason wasn't the obvious things. I was like, can you please bring in some kind of combo guard that can lessen the blow? Like Dennis Schroeder actually would have been a really nice fit for them. Um, But in the midst of everything that's happening with Sarver, when they were always cheap traditionally on top of everything else, I'm like, wait, how can you not bring in a guard to just ease the the play set up burden for Paul. Have him play off the ball a little bit because if he continues to break down like this late, which we've now seen, because I don't know what to believe at the end of this this uh, playoff blowout. So you're not believing in Cameron Payne again. You're you're volume four Cameron Payne. No, I'm I'm for Cameron Payne, but the problem is with this Jay Crowder deal. Which, by the way, have we now lowered the floor for a player that's allowed to get his way by dictating a trade? <laughs> and what and what's he upset about that he was in trade rumors? He so just doesn't want like, to be there anymore. Oh, you're shopping me, so I'm out. I'm the fall guy. Yeah, and they're trying to accommodate him on yeah. top of everything else, which fucks up their depth, which there was there was right. always an issue with this team's depth. So now Cam starting great, deserves it, has really become I think Cam a Johnson. Pretty, or yeah. excuse me. Uh yeah, right. Early, early in the pod. Um <laughs> that that Cam Johnson is is somebody that like really, you know, is going to have an NBA career here, a real career, but, uh, you know, it, it screws up a team that didn't have much depth to begin with. So you have that, you have the Sarver thing house, you have the DeAndre Ayton, Monty Williams apparently talking again. Congratulations. You have the Sarver sale, you have really no additions other than Dario Saric, who's back. Who doesn't look even, good. I don't even know what he means in this team. He's a stretch five who's slow. And, they actually need him. Yeah, they, they really need him, and they still have Biombo. They did the Tory Craig thing. The Jalen Smith thing seems really stupid because he's actually kind of talented, and I think he's that, starting for the Pacers. Yeah, they like, just like let him go. They didn't extend. They it was the freest extension you could have done. Yeah, one more year, four million, great. And they didn't even want to do that. No, which is unheard of for a third-year guy that's picked that high. Yeah, that's you have like, to have like a drug problem. That's like Patrick O'Brien shit. Yeah, where you were like, nope, 
we're already declining the team, the first team option we it was have. A money on you. save. It was uh, yeah. We don't okay. don't we don't want to add that to our luxury tax. There's no other conceivable reason you would do that. Let me ask both of you this then, because of all the eight and stuff, which all seems to be warranted. What does it really mean? What does it mean for like how different will he be as a player? How different will they be in the <sighs> aftermath of this drama? I think he checks out at the first opportunity to check the F out. So you are all in on the soap opera and this being a disastrous season for them. I, I think am. I think it could be soap opera. I do. When you throw in the, on top of it a sun sale. <laughs> you might be right. I don't know, but why not? Rally around the sale. Rally around the transaction. By the way, 52 wins is still pretty good and 52 wins is under. So taking the under at 52 is not like, you know, going way out on a limb, I don't think. I was looking at the oldest players in the league. And do we counter <laughs> Udonis Haslam or no? No, he's an we honorary can't, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, Sorry, yeah. Adonis. Iguodala, do we count? Yeah, I think you count EP him. He plays? In a yeah, he's a different... It's not a, you know... Do you count Carmelo? Well, he has to be on a team first. Right, he's not on a team. <laughs> Would be a so, technicality. And Millsap's not on a team, right? Yeah. So we... And LaMarcus Aldridge is not on a team. No. Dwight Howard's also not on a team. N not right now. So Celtics? basically... LeBron, Iguodala, and Chris Paul, by my calculations, are the three oldest players in the league who actually play minutes. And you, I just, the Chris thing with the point guards, he's over 40,000 minutes. I was looking at some of like the historical point guard numbers for, you know, what, what, how far can we go with this? Kid played 50K, Stockton 47.7, Oscar Robertson 44, and Andre Miller 40. So he's the fifth point guard who's ever logged this kind of minutes. He's also played 5,000 playoff minutes. So 45,000 combined. He's had multiple like minor knee surgery, like he had his meniscus removed, things like that. Well, there was a quad thing at the end of this year. It was the wrist thing two years ago. It was the COVID stuff that we don't, we, we know or we don't know at the end of the Dallas series. Well, I think we know. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of excuses and I, I don't want to sit here and make a million excuses. Well, I guess guy. my question but is, what can you reasonably expect from one of the three oldest players in the league who carried this huge burden, who now teams feel like, here's the recipe when you play these guys, make him work. How do we expect eight good months from him, House? What makes the most sense is for him to not play the whole season. Like to to, to do like 55 Deliberate games. load management. To sit down with the schedule and say, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to have you playing in back-to-backs. We're not going to have you you know, in these extended road trip ones, playing multiple games, like be deliberate about it. So then why don't you get a better, why don't you get Schroeder? Like Schroeder why made all the sense in the world. He's basically free. He can play combo. You can and he's play played with Chris. Him. He's one of the few like, guys who's played with Chris Paul and actually Chris Paul liked him. Right? In OKC, they had like yeah, a thing. I, I don't know that I've, I've heard anything other than, you know, he was good. Because remember that series where they're going up against Houston a couple of years yeah. ago, it was like Schroeder was kind of, all or nothing, game to game. I think Shea was was a little timid at times uh, with that group. But, you know, Paul, I was looking at some of the numbers. I was, like, trying to dig into there. The shooting did dip last year. Yeah. Like, it's it's gone down three straight years. And the assist percentage, so his assist percentage per possessions, went from, like, the mid-30s to mid-40s this past season. So that's saying, like, 45% of his possessions ended with an assist, which is still great. Like, I still expect Chris Paul to play really well. I can't believe the front office couldn't do something to try to maybe, hey, as he gets older, have a slightly different plan of attack to protect him. Um, and they they didn't do it. They didn't do it again. Three-pointers down last year, 32%. Now, the difference between 32 and 36% is not like massive, but 
It did go down. It's Playoffs not too late the for them to get, you know, somebody to to grab some of those minutes. I mean, that that can happen once the league Listen, once the season starts. I'm going but. I'm going under. I have them third in that Clippers Warriors list. So I Rasilli, you're going to over fifty two and a half? I have to. Okay. House? <laughs> same. I, I and I'm in the same boat as you. I have them behind the Clippers okay. and the Warriors. All right. So if not Phoenix, let's do the Clippers next, just because I haven't talked about them a lot on the podcast. We were talking about it last night at dinner. It's almost not fun to talk about the Clippers because it's like talking about what's in outer space or <laughs> it's just these abstract conversations. I don't know what's going to happen. Kawhi's played 5,800 minutes in the last five years. I don't know what he's going to look like. We haven't seen him play basketball since, what was that, round two of the 2021 playoffs? So he hasn't played a year and a half. I think it's a weird team where you have look John Wall, George, Kawhi, Batum, Zubats. Reggie Jackson, Kennard, Powell, Covington, Morris, and Terrence Mann. It's 11 guys who all probably feel like they should be playing 35 minutes a game. Well, you have 240 minutes a game to play. So I wonder, A, how is this team going to be happy? They're then, not kids, though. That's not, that, that, there is a distinction between, you know, guys on rookie contracts, guys in the, just off their first, you know, thing. That, that list that you just read off are all guys who have one single goal in mind, and that's a title. So that part of it, I'm not that worried about. And Terrence Mann he, might want some minutes. I, I don't know if he's and he might accomplish get everything. He's, because again, look, if there's ever a team to load manage, it's it's the Clippers, right? So my red flags are the, just what version of Kawhi are we getting at this point in his career? He's in the 2011 draft and he hasn't played a lot of basketball the last five years. That would be one thing. Two would be the Paul George just has been under the knife a lot, which makes me nervous. And then third is like, if this starts out slow, in any way, shape, or form, Rosillo. This now, the now the dialogue starts of was this the greatest failed all in NBA experiment we've had? Where the amount of stuff that they traded for these guys, I didn't even realize it's year four for this. For some reason in my head, I was like, it's year three because it felt condensed and we had the well, pandemic. It's warp speed. Well, because George got an extension, I think, when he wasn't playing. And then right. Kawhi got his when you were this like, This is our what? fourth year with these guys. They've done jack shit yet. And I do think if if anything starts out slow, weird, whatever, there's a lot of pressure. What, what are we missing, Marcelo? I don't think you're missing anything because I'm just as confused. And in a weird way, I feel like everybody's on him. Like leading up to the season, right. it feels like people are really on him. And I don't know how you... Like, okay, sure. I mean, I guess I get what the best version of this is. I know we'll talk about the Sixers later on, but I'm almost on this idea that Harden's due for a good playoff run. Like, he's just, it can't. He <laughs> Love can't, averages. Right. Like, you can't possibly be this bad again in a playoff series, yeah. can you? And that's kind of what happened with Paul George. And maybe there was some sort of mental hurdle cleared for him when it was just on him against Utah. You know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm just grasping at anything here. Uh, if George and Kawhi are healthy, but I mean, it doesn't make a ton of sense. And I like what Reggie Jackson has become. But Me too. what is he going to be now as a lower usage guy? Because he had one of the biggest usage jumps that we've seen. And then paired with that, he had one of the lowest, like the biggest drop-offs of uh, efficiency from a shooting standpoint. So, I mean, that's usually the way it goes. That's why those early Steph seasons were insane, that it was like your volume went up and the efficiency went up. And right. Reggie Jackson, who you know took a long time to kind of find the way he was going to fit in, I like him, but he's made most of his his progress while those other guys have been in street clothes. Right. Kennard was the same way where he was awesome when he got more minutes and then... Right, because he was out of rotation dicing. and you're yeah. thinking like, man, what a luxury this was. Like, thank God you have Balmer. Because imagine a front office explaining Kennard and be like, well, yeah, 
That guy. It's our $60 million backup point guard <laughs> yeah. for a year. We don't even really play him. And, you know, I hope the wall part of it works out. I don't know what that's going to be. Batum another year in. Morris. I, I think it's bizarre that people have penciled in the wall piece. Ah, speak to wall for us. It's impossible to speak to wall. He hasn't played much basketball. What where, where, where are we going to look at? What's the precedent? How many years? Three? Yeah. I'm rooting for him. I people hope are like, oh, he's great. Well, John Wall's so good at this. He's played games the last four seasons. seasons. And people are like, John Wall's so good at, I mean, he's such now, a good distributor. He's so fast. It's like, is he? I don't know. scope of the story, clearly he could have played last year. Yeah, and okay. Houston was like, yeah. we're good. But yeah, that's 72 games in four years. It does feel like I am just terrified to go yeah, hardcore one way or the other right. on this because it does feel like, oh, this is the best team in the West and I can see them being a seven seed. And you go the other way. And like, no, just don't trust don't these guys. Like hearing, then they'll be awesome. Don't you feel like people are just kind of blindly trusting the outcome of this? I don't trust so? the Kawhi. I trust the Kawhi piece the least, right? I don't know. Is he going to play 55 games? I mean, a whole knee surgery ago, he was playing 55 game seasons. I was looking at their 1920. So it was Doc's last year. It would, turned out to be the pandemic season. They're 49 and 23 that season. And in my head, I remember we had that podcast right for the pandemic. We're like Lakers, Clippers, and then everybody else. Yeah. 49 and 23 is like not that great. And I felt like they were better than that in my head. Now the West is better. So I don't, I think I'm going under. You don't think 49 and 23 is a good record? I think no, it's I, good. I think for the second best team in the league, it's good, but it's not like, it's what, a 57 win season? I don't know. That's, that's, it's good. That's pretty good. Because that's the other thing is because we talk about the top teams. Like every time we do this, every year we do it, and I look at the the biggest number, right? So Boston's 53 and a half. We just went through all these 52 and a half teams, which you still have work to do in Golden State. And I'm like, man, the top feels flat with this. And it's like, no, no, this is the way it works. This is the number. And there's only like four teams. There's one weird year in there where seven teams surpassed 54 wins. So yeah. I think to project out as a 49 to a 57 win team. I'm just saying that year. That was like the year OKC was 44 and 28, a five seed. Like the West was weird that year. Yeah, true. But I'm just so, like, there. So I think the West is like at least eight deep, maybe nine, depending on the Kings, who I know we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, yeah. Look at House, the big smile. I'm House smiling on the, the Kings. Kings. It's not disrespectful to say that the Clippers will win 52 games and be one of the top four seeds. You know, there were. Well, how many games are you giving me for Kawhi? 55. That's the correct number. See, I don't think they can go 55 and 27 if he's playing 52 55 games. I just don't any see I don't see any version of Kawhi where when Toronto had to kiss his ass. Yeah. All right, and he was he was playing when he wanted to play and that was two injuries ago. So, even if he's great and it's awesome they have a real chance to go in the playoffs for the exercise of what we're doing. That's right. Is he north of 60 games? And that's the other like on top like there's so many teams where you'll go, okay, well, how many team, how many games did they win last year? Oh, they won 44. Okay, well, they added this really good player and the total's 47 and a half. And I'm still going, yeah, I might be under though. Yeah. And you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. He just added this guy. That's not good enough for three and a half more wins. And the exercise that I did last year, I looked at all the top 25 scores because I was just like, hey, let me do something skim simple. Scores yeah. are the best players for the most part, whatever. Like the average was almost missing 25% of the season now for the top guys in that category where you go back five years, granted COVID has some impact on it, but not as much as you think where those guys are missing like six games on average. Mm. And so now the game in trying to project this stuff out is harder. So Kawhi is probably the best bet of any of the guys we're going to talk about today of how many games is this guy really going to play? And that's a low number. You would think between 55 and 60 would be the high case to, from my perspective. I also think the league is way better. And way deeper and way more talented. I was even looking at top twos, right? You think like Kawhi and George is your top two 
four years ago. I think sounded amazing. Now we have Giannis and Holiday. We have Tatum and Brown and Beaton Harden, Curry and whatever warrior you want to pick, Mitchell, Mobley, and Garland, Durant and Kyrie, Barnes and Siakam, Butler and Bam, DeRozan and Levine, Young and Murray, Booker and CP, Edwards and Gobert, Jokic and Murray, Zion and Ingram, LeBron and Davis, John Triple J, and Luka and the next Mav. I don't think it's as special to have Kawhi and Paul as it was four years yeah, ago. I it's still them. great. Yeah, not not you not know as, what I mean. Not in the same class as four in years 2018, ago. In 2018, it felt like if you had two of the best 15 live. guys, you could win the title. And I don't know if that's the case anymore. Hey, look, maybe. Yeah, maybe they kick out. Maybe they win 62 games. Maybe it all yeah. works out. And all the depth and Wall looks better. And Batum is good. And Covington's there. And Zubac is probably the best bet of any of the guys. And man, you know, finds his I way. Like, man. like there's a they can throw a lot of guys at you. So maybe it's not like an absolute. Hey, that's a crazy. But it's the second biggest number. Coming out of Vegas. It's the second biggest. I'm going number. under. What yeah. are you doing, House? Under. Under us. I wouldn't make it a lock or anything, but that's an under. Um, quickly though, let's say this doesn't work again and this the window is closed. I was trying to think of another NBA all in thing like this that that would have yielded nothing. Cause we've had like the Nash Brooklyn, Howard stuff like Brooklyn that. Brooklyn still has a chance. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess Brooklyn, but even Brooklyn, like Durant steps on the line. They had some bad luck. Did I you felt just like, say the Kobe, Nash, Dwight Powell? Yeah, they're in there. But other than like for what they gave what up, about, what, what we thought it was going to be, what we thought it was going to do for LA basketball and like none of it happened. I still can't believe when I look up some of those Portland rosters with Sabonis and Steve Smith and Brian Grant. I can, it just goes like nine to 12 deep. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? And that's kind of like this the Clipper mix. team. I mean, that's probably the, the doppelgangers. That, that Portland team places. to me is like still one of the most talented teams yeah. ever that no one cares about. All right, let's do Warriors then. 52 and a half. Division plus 190. Conference plus 320. Title 7-1. Play-in plus 370. I'm going to keep giving you the play-ins because somebody weird is going to be in a play-in. Um, House, how do the last months of Draymond Green play out in your opinion? On a different because team. Different team this season or this after season. this season? This season. You think they trade him? Yeah. I mean, I'm feeling very petty now because I quietly liked my Warriors corner. I I, lot, I heard a lot of skepticism about the Warriors this coming season. And they're a team oh, that Oh, you needs feel to, hurt because you were all in on the yes, Warriors being a rebound. Yes. Dr uh, Dray Draymond, Draymond attempted to punch Jordan Poole. He did punch me. He connected with me because he, he, he sat me of all the enthusiasm that I had. I really liked the quiet reload position that they were in with Wiseman and Kaminga and Moody yeah. and their ability, the continuity there where you had uh, uh, Otto Porter Jr. Gone on, gone on greener pastures. Gary Payton Jr. got his bag. Great job for those guys. But it really created an opportunity for these guys, for Kaminga and Wiseman and Moody. And, and Moody they're, they're especially. Deep. They're deep. That, that's like a deep team. And they have that luxury now. Clay, all the way back from uh, injury and hopefully, uh, you know, able to... They'll, they'll load manage him. It makes sense. But like some version of him, we saw glimpses of it through the playoffs and in the finals. He was a, a crucial Priscilla part. never gave up on him. Why would he? He kept the nightlight on for him every night, waiting for him to come back. And then he came back in the finals, Clay. You know what I never do is I never tape an open monologue the night before, but we had a weird schedule thing. So I go, hey, I'm just going to do the print the shirts again. They're winning this whole deal. I've seen uh, enough thing. When they beat Denver, they went through that really good stretch. I was like, this is happening. Yeah. Play's coming back. It's on. I don't want to fucking hear it anymore. And then Smart's dirty ass dove at Steph Curry's <laughs> legs. <laughs> 
and I called up Kyle and I was like, Hey, where are you home? And he was like, no. Kyle's like, uh, <laughs> um, hold on. I had to step outside. Yeah. And then he was like, what do you want to do? I go just erase the monologue. Like Steph might be out for the season. Like yeah. I don't, it's just going to sound stupid. And so I regret, I regret that call. I wish Kyle had never Sorry, picked Kyle. up. Uh, they're going to be good. They're going to be really good. They're going to be better. And if they won 53 games last year where they had some weird stretches, Clay's going to be better. One of the young guys is going to make an impact. Uh, the Draymond shit, this isn't new to them. And as much as I think the thing is going to run its course when they have to make a big financial decision with Draymond, I still am scared about their personality without the guy that wants to kill the opponent all the time. Um, I don't know if that's worth like $180 million coming up as a player ages, but right now he's still important. I mean, his rebounding numbers last year, the defensive stuff, like this guy's still a huge part of what they do, and I think you need one guy that's on edge all the time when you're fighting for a title. I'm blown away uh, by the number, and it couldn't be a bigger over for me. I love it as well. I can't wait to see how this Draymond thing plays out because I think it's going to be the soap opera of the season. How he handled, because he's also a public figure and he's doing the new media and the podcast, all that stuff. But you have to be very contrite. But I also think he's probably starting to get pissed off that he's taking this much of a of a lambasting for what happened. There's been a lot of, like, in the week since, it hasn't been an enormous rush by the entire Golden State community to prop him up and re-embrace him and create his a, mom a came safe, out and had a, a video. Yeah. A it's, safe landing space for him. His, well, mom went I, at, his mom went at me once. I was zero. There yeah. was like zero interest. I, yeah. Here's the thing. I think they've been through this rodeo with him a bunch of times. And I think they were trying to always figure out how to manage it and hope it never got too bad and hope it never blew up. I was of the opinion that it was 50, 50, no, no real inside info on in this, but just like, I think they want to pay Wiggins. I think they want to play pool. And I just think if you're looking at this Belichick style, at some point, not everyone can make $35 million a year on your team, right? And at some point, you got to take some chances and you have Wiseman, you have Kaminga, and you know you can patch together some big guys and whatever. And I thought it was 50-50. Now I think it's like 25-75 because I think they have outs now to get rid of him. Before it was like, well, what's Curry going to say? What's Clay going to say? What are our fans going to say? We're betraying this guy who for now it's like less of a betrayal because you have all these things you can point to and you can point to 2016, you can point to Duran in 19, you can point to this pool thing and probably five other things we don't know about. And just like, you know what? It was time to move on. Yeah. And he can't make outside shots. And he, offensively, yeah, like he there, cratered. There are times where it's, it's a problem when they're running their offense. I mean, the rest of it has been great. The defense rebounding, all this stuff we talked about, but like, Eventually, he's going to be really expensive for what he brings to the table. And he's so combative all the time. I remember I interviewed him years ago in Toronto, sat down. And, you know, it's post still pretty fresh. The scars, I would think, from the 2016 collapse, which he fucked up. I mean, he cost yeah. them an NBA title for the most part. Which he's admitted at some points and then other times. It's like, I would it. do it again. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, you, you would? You would do it again? <laughs> I know. You'd do kind of that like, again? Like, no regrets. How are you spelling regrets? No regrets? Uh when when I asked him, I was just like, you know, do you ever think there's any part of you that, you know, he was just like, well, I wouldn't have 70 million. You know, I wouldn't be the second round pick from from Michigan. And and you can kind of get it. You're like, all right. You know, like sometimes you, you, you have this fear. You're like, if I were wired differently, would I perhaps never even be here? So why am I going to apologize for the way that I'm wired? Uh, but I think the media part of it for him is funny because it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, you're going to be the you're going to be the player. 
that tells us how it is. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Right. And then it's July and you're like, would the Bulls beat the Warriors? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, oh, right. Oh, this right. is what we're doing. Yeah, this, this is what happens. All right. So coming up next week, fixing baseball, six simple steps. So <laughs> I, I think he, I don't know how you can do the job and have people paying attention to you without you starting to be like, find a new way to be annoyed. Like yeah. now he's, he's and I think, you know, when he goes like, oh, this is new media, this is new media. Like, I can't wait until he fully addresses all of this because, you know, sometimes I like saying you can be the worst source of your own story. Well, that was like the interview he did with Durant, which was just ridiculous, where they just blame like Steve Kerr and Bob Byers or how, for right. them getting in a fight on the court, basically. Or how about when the first version of events came out before we saw the video? It was yeah. like, you know, it it escalated. And then you were like, wait, where's where's this coming from? The first public thing that we had read on kind of a version of reporting on this interaction was it was like already making excuses for Draymond. And then, of course, what also happens is Draymond's the one who fucked up here. You know, he's the one who fucked up. I don't think it's the end of the world. If they're good with it, I'm good with it. I really don't give a shit. I, so know, here, honest, here's but, where I would I would nudge back. Oh, let me just finish the thought. And that then it pivots to, well, I can't believe somebody from the team would do this. Like I watched PTI and they were losing it about the team employee. And it's like, well, is that because we're more oh, the video guy removed yeah. from it? Because, you know, again, if the team is OK and they're probably pretty used to this, then I'm OK with it. Like, I'm not going to sit here and trash the guy for it. But you want to zag from that, it sounds like. Well, I heard Coward yesterday. Now, Coward works with Draymond, so maybe he's going to be prone to defend him. But he he did the whole, and I've heard other people do this, of this happens in practices all the time. The Steve Kerr said it happened 20 times in practices he's been in. And here's, the, here's what's different. Draymond was the leader of the team. And Poole was this young kid who wasn't nearly as big as him. And the level of anger and violence in that video from somebody who's supposed to be I don't know, the emotional fulcrum of what they're doing. I think that's really hard to unwind. And just, this wasn't like Bobby Portis punching Miritich because Miritich crowded him. This is different. This is this is supposed to be Draymond's team. And I don't know how you rebuild that now as a leader after you've done that. I don't know enough about the team basketball dynamics. What do you think, House? Well, and, and what changed with the video is you can see how many guys aren't watching that go down. You can see, yeah. you know... Now everybody's seen exactly how it played out, exactly the sequence. Every guy on the team, every everybody that works for the team, every team executive saw exactly the sequence of events that led to that. And it goes right to the heart of what you're describing, which is why it, it, it's such a, 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 pre, a, a goddamn buzzkill. He is the stir that starts the drink, the straw that stirs the drink. <laughs> You're not supposed to stutter until part three. <laughs> the straw that stirs the drink. The straw that stirs the drink. Yeah. He's, he's it. The, he's the emotional he's center it. of the team. Yes. So I, think I, every I actually team needs think this one. is bad. You're right, Rosillo. I, I think every team does need right. one. Uh, I don't look, we've 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 looked at Jordan as like this folklore hero for punching Kerr. Like Well, we, it wasn't a folklore hero for punching Kerr. He's a also, folklore they, hero they for... Got, that, I think that was more of a both guys knew they were about to fight moment. This... Him punching Poole really... I don't think Poole saw that coming, expected it, and Draymond's way bigger than him. I don't know. That the felt last different dance, The whole point of the last dance will want many of the points, but he was a bully from the day... Yeah. You yeah. Know, as soon as he became... But you can also be that way when you're the best player not only in the league, but maybe of all time. Draymond he is led this guy by fear. who has a new contract coming up, right, that he wants to get an extension for. His worth in that finals was kind of coming and going. Remember, he got benched that one game. 
And I'm sure he's he's worried about that and he wants to get a new contract. And I don't know, the disease of more and the Pat Riley stuff, I do feel like you can feel it. And it's interesting because Kerr is such a student of the game and I haven't talked to him about it. But I know he knows all the signs, right? To For a title defense, is this in place? And this, is my chemistry good? Is my best part good? Is everybody good? Do I have the right leadership? Do I have to deal with contract distractions or trade rumors, stuff like that? Now they have distractions, which is the part I still, I'm going over 52 and a half because I think the talent is ridiculous. And I think that's, I think this is going to be a really good team regardless. I just don't see how they're not better. Like they, they have had, to be, they had especially a, if Moody's good. They had a weird is. defensive stretch. They had a really bad offensive stretch, but part of that is obviously because Curry missed so much time. And then Curry was in this kind of weird stretch where he couldn't hit any shots. And I don't know if that was partly the record, but then as they closed, you weren't sure about what the offense was going to be. And yet they still end up winning a title. So I don't think there's another team that's in front of them that they're scared to death of. You know, there's no version of them from like five years ago. And if the Draymond thing doesn't work out this year, maybe they trade him for Sohan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess we're all ambivalent about whether or not Draymond's on the team for the balance of the year. I do wonder. He's on the team this year. I don't think, I don't, I have a hard time believing they would go into the playoffs without him. Okay. I wouldn't bet my life on it. No, I'm not betting my life on it. I just think, like, you really think they're going to, if that team's rolling the way we think they're rolling, they're going to be 20 over 500, and they're like, hey, let's trade fucking Draymond. Like, think about I that. I think it would be more if they feel like they can't get past what happened. Hey, I think we, athletes I think athletes get past this shit way better than we do. Yeah, I'm sure you're right about that. Uh, the Warriors record since January 1st to the end of the regular season, what do you think it was? Uh, this past year? Yeah. How many games? 48 games. Uh, they won a bunch of them. What do you think it was? 32. What do you think of us? I hate these quizzes. They were 26 and 22 for the last 48 games. And maybe yeah. just when you mentioned how they were struggling the second half of the year, they really struggled. So that would be the fear with this 52 and a half is, hmm, what if they hit a little blip by that? But I just think the clay moody pool, yeah, like having wings Draymond. like that. Clay yeah. came back. Draymond was Steph missing. had a weird, like yeah, slump. They look at how many games some of their own guys played, not to say, but like, they're just armed. I think they're better armed to deal with that because I think one Me or two too. of these young guys are going to pop and Poole's only going to take on more of this. And by the way, Curry wasn't like awesome for Curry. Sure. Yeah. The yeah. last two thirds of last year. Yeah. So maybe he'll be awesome. All right. We're going to take a break through the rest of the way. Start the NFL week off right with a no sweat same game parlay every Thursday from FanDuel America's number one sports book. Doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. Every Thursday night, you'll get free bets back. If your NFL same-game parlay doesn't hit, it's a perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. House, can you parlay uh, the C-words with somebody pooping on the field during this game? What would you do? Whatever. Uh, lo- it's, it's Carson Defication? Wentz. You're allowed to say Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz pooping that's in his pants? Poop. Yeah, that, yeah that's- look at that. Take the Bears with Carson Wentz pooping in his pants. Build whatever same-game parlay you want. You can choose from one of the popular pre-built ones that they have on their top-rated sportsbook app. Bet the NFL every Thursday night, however you want to do it, but do it this way. With a no-sweat same-game parlay, with FanDuel's new live same-game parlays, continue building SGPs, almost like SVP, SGP. Interesting. Even after the game has started, just sign up with promo code BS. If you don't have an account that is promo code BS to get free bets back if your SGP doesn't hit. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner in the NFL. Must be 21 plus in select states. Three plus legs minimum. $1 bet required. Refund issued as non-retrawable. Free bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max free bet $5. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. 
All right, we'll go uh, rest of the division, which brings us to the Lakers. Their over-under is 44 and a half. Plus 950 for the division house. 11-1 for the conference, 25-1 to for the title. Minus 120 for the play-in. Is there a tastier bet than that? Well, I have a play in Canada that okay. I really like at plus odds. I don't want to lay juice. I don't really want to lay anything having to do with the Lakers. Minus 245 for the playoffs. Rosilla, we have six stars coming back this season that we have not watched really play basketball in a while. Kawhi Leonard, Jamal Murray, Zion Williamson, Dame Lillard, Ben Simmons. Stars? Well, guys who made all NBA teams. And uh, Anthony Davis. He needs some work to do before we put him back in the star group. Okay. Former star, Ben Simmons. <laughs> and we, uh, Anthony we Davis. Tricked into believing he was a star. The six reappearing stars, if, if you told me which of these six guys is going to kick ass this year, you have to pick one. There will be one. Which, which one would you pick? I think I would pick Davis, and I don't feel good about it. Wow. You wouldn't pick Jamal Murray? That just seems easier. He's younger. That's funny. He's, we yeah. all have different answers. I think it's going to be Zion. We've watched him in that Davis in that preseason, and it sucked me back in with yeah. like he's got this new look. He's he grew his hair out. <laughs> he had a beard going. He kind of looked like he was out at nineteen seventy eight. I was he like, could have oh, had a giant might be in on, on this because if you're Davis, this is it. Like if if you're if if it's in you anywhere, it's got to come out this season. You, there can't be any more excuses. So. I think he's probably the safest bet. Murray, I don't, I just don't know. Murray's still like, oh, I'm, I'm just starting to play full contact. That worried me a little bit. Okay. I'm, I'm two pronged on all Anthony Davis stuff. I know. Because I refuse to believe this is it. I refuse to believe it's over and he just stinks now and he can't shoot. Because the weirdest thing with last year wasn't yeah. just that he was hurt. Because I think we're used to that with Anthony Davis. It was that, wait, everything outside of the paint's a brick. Like some of these numbers, he, he became like, the worst jump yeah. shooter other than Draymond, probably in the league. Yeah, it was unbelievable. So I refuse to believe that the Anthony Davis that we had flirted with is, a, you know, I think there were real top five conversations there about who he was. The bubble version that we saw was a terrific player. Uh, I wouldn't say he's the best long term bet for one more season. If Anthony, if you're telling me I'm getting that back, like that's that makes me think long and hard about what I would do with this total. Mm. Um, last year the number was. Was was like way up there. I think it was fifty two. It was and a way half. too high. We laughed. So at it. it's funny. I I'm fine with giving all of the Anthony Davis, which version of he will we get the benefit of the doubt. I I want him to be awesome. It's more fun to watch him play. Watch the Lakers play when he's awesome. The Lakers are going to. I agree. They're going to stink. Well, who do you They're think their stink, third best stink. players has? Off the top of your head, uh, LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> no, Priscilla. Top of your head, who's who's their third best player? I mean, can it be none in this in this setting? It's an it amazing question. Our candidates are Schroeder, Westbrook, Thomas Bryant, Nunn, Beverly, Austin Reeves, Toscano Anderson, Lonnie Walker. I like the Toscano is, Anderson uh, pickup, sure. by the way. This 3 through 15 is about as grim as it gets. Palinka just got an extension. It's like, what, what are you extending? Well, it didn't He's, seem like a super long extension. <laughs> was, it was like one year. Uh, the thing is, is that 3 through whatever last year was worse. Then this right. three. Yeah, they upgraded. Like, Pat Bev is going to be in your rotation. None appears to be healthy and good to go. I think Reeves, another year. There's something that you'd at least expect. I feel like they didn't bring in any defined center to tell Anthony Davis, like when the season starts, like, shit, we forgot. Oh, <laughs> you, that's right. You don't like playing center. Totally. We, we tried to get a couple. Yeah. We just it didn't we work out. We spent so much time on this Westbrook deal that didn't happen. Oh, my bad, guys. 
Uh, I'm going over, and here's why. Wow. I did not expect this. I think they have a deal with LeBron in place yeah. to spend those two draft picks on talent. And I don't think they like the deal yet. I think we are going to see unprecedented tank trades in December, January, and February. And you're going to have eight or nine suitors potentially for those two picks with the Westbrook contract. So I'm just factoring that in. Whatever their team is now, I think, worst case scenario, it's Miles Turner and Buddy Hill. Worst case scenario. Best case scenario might even be better than that. So I'm factoring in two other players. You figure LeBron and Davis play 125 games combined. Can that get me to 45 and 37? With 45 as as the goal, they I'm need going 45 wins. I'm going over. And the reason I'm going another reason I'm going over is because the West has more of those teams that will be tanking. You and we'll see it. I mean, there's going to be yeah. enormous gambling. There's four tank teams. Exactly. So maybe five, wins. but we'll get to Portland. The, 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 so for any team that's incented to try and win games that wants to try and get to, into playoff mode is going to in the West is going to grab those extra wins. There's going to be extra wins for them. So Priscilla, you buy that theory that they have a deal with LeBron. I, we promise you we'll trade those picks this year. Because I think, I think an, that's the only way he extends. No, I think it's an awesome thing. Well, I think he extended because it didn't make any sense for him not to extend once you're in the over 38 thing. So just get the two years and worry about but it, it But it blocked off his trade ability this year, though. He can't get traded this season. No, but I also, when I think about all the legacy shit with LeBron that those guys really keep track of, I yeah. wonder if they'll just like to say, hey, never asked out. Never asked out <laughs> anywhere. Wait, you think I'm kidding? Like, I'm not even kidding. Wait, I'm, I'm trying not- to think. You're right. Yeah, he just plays to the end of yeah. the contract. Like all these leads. other guys were asking out. Like, I never asked out. So I don't know if it's the most important thing. And, and truly, like, if they stink in two years and he has one year left, like, I don't know if he's yeah. just going to stick around and, and stink. And then, you know, the other thing, too, is you can make the mistake in the moment of being like, I remember the other one with Kobe. Like, Kobe's just not going to take this. Like, he's going to demand they do this, this, and this. Like, Kobe, oh, Kobe liked his life. He was pretty happy. Yeah, it was like, yeah, the team years. isn't that good. And I, know, shoot tw- I shoot 25 times a game. And... I get to People live in Newport it. Beach. So, yeah. the, so the, the from the transaction thing that you're bringing up, both of you guys, I, I completely agree. Because all summer, when I, granted, I did other things this summer than just think about the Pacers trade, but there were times where that <laughs> night was just all about Pacers trades. And you mm. go, this is a real struggle if you're Palenka. Because you go, the best version of this team is Westbrook watching it play. Not being allowed. Like, you don't get a uniform. You know what I mean? Him playing is worse than him not playing. Like, just if you did a, let me take the piece out. So I'm like, how do you come back another season with LeBron and the AD injury stuff? Like, how do you come back another season with Westbrook, who will be a Hall of Famer? But honestly, I feel like it was a huge stat con that took people years to figure out. That's another topic. So I was, I was kind of like, maybe you just have to do it. The more I think about it, unprotected first in 27 and 29 for fucking Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. That's insane. And you don't do it. You, you can't do it. So even though I had like an open mind of like, you have to do whatever you can do to get rid of Westbrook, you have no well, idea. You do it if you right. think you it makes you a finals team, which that trade did not make them a finals team. No, and you're also like, how am I factoring LeBron to a 27 draft conversation? And as much as I like Anthony Davis and agree that this could be the year he minds of, like, that's not a great bet, like five years from now, Anthony Davis mm. or seven years from now. So once I started thinking of it that way, it doesn't make any sense. And back to your original point, I think that, you just go look. We don't like the offers. We're not giving you two unprotected first that far away. I think away that's what they did. Players. Yeah, you're not bullying us. And something will present itself. Something will present itself because that's what this league is all about. And we will be. And if it doesn't, then we can get really interesting this next well, offseason because of the cap space. 
not inconceivable the Blazers season goes badly. And we'll get to it when we do their over-under. But it, let's say it goes badly. Dame has more stomach issues. Chauncey Billups is a disaster. And by mid-December, Portland has a bad record. And they're like, oh, shit. Maybe we should go for Wembenyama. And the Lakers are like, cool, here's Westbrook, 27 and 29. Give us Jeremy Grant. Give us Josh Hart. And give us Nurkic. And we'll give you Westbrook. And you can have those two picks. And you can basically reboot. Or give us Gary Payton. Whatever you want. Give us three of your guys. I do feel like well, something like that's going to happen. I, well, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm factoring Dame. in Dame being hurt. All right. Yeah. I'm just saying like that. That's, I think they're keeping, they're keeping their options open for scenarios like that, where it's like, oh, didn't realize this team was going to be, you know, and it's then all exactly of a sudden you can. exactly why Philly and Daryl, the ongoing conversation we had all last season. Yeah. Daryl turned Ben Simmons into James Harden. Yeah. He and just waited. He just waited. Because he was like, somebody's going to pop up. So I think it's they smart. always, and that's the thing, that person always pops up. Exactly. Yeah, that person always pops up. And if it's a person who has like a year left on the deal and they go, hey, I'm not fucking going anywhere. And that agent has some juice around the league because he's got multiple clients everywhere. It's like, don't, don't trade for my guy. And then the whole thing gets worked out. Uh, that's why it makes way more sense to not use those picks in some deal to force Westbrook out, even though I think this team without Westbrook I'd like him, I, I would say, over emphatically. I would have sent him home. Yeah, because, I mean, look, Westbrook <laughs> no. is... Send him home an like John Wall player. style. Like, Just go home, Westbrook. Yeah, I mean, he is... The only reason he became an NBA player is because he's stubborn. Yeah. And the reason nobody wants him on the team anymore is because he's stubborn. You can't have him as a role guy. He's not a role player. He right. should be playing overseas. All right, last team. House, here we go, baby. Sacramento Kings, over under 33 and a half on FanDuel. For the division, 240 to one. In case you're thinking about a little, throwing a load on that. No, thank you. Play in tournament, plus 120. Playoffs, plus 360. I'm just telling you guys right now, this is one of my locks over 33 and a half. I think the Kings are going to actually be, be a fun team to watch. I think that will be a 500 team. And I guess my question is this, Rosillo. Do we owe the Kings an apology? They finally put together a fun team. Do we owe them an apology after For what? 17 they, years of incompetence? Did we go too far? They uh, finally came through. Well, I think the only thing we need to clear up is on draft night when they took Keegan Murray, we laughed. But it wasn't because of Keegan Murray. It was because you may have passed on something really special in Ivy. And the bit, the better asset was Ivy. And with that said, Keegan Murray looks fantastic He's been one on of the this stories team. of the offseason. He's, he's plus 450 for Rookie of the Year. I think that's one of the best. I'm not allowed to bet on awards, but I think it's either him or Bancaro for Rookie of the Year. I don't even know who the other candidates would be. It's got to be one of those two, right? Ivy's not going to win the award. He's not ready to do that yet. Cade's going to have the ball all the time anyway. Yeah, but Cade's so good that I, he's, it's not like, I don't think it's like Cade gets in the way of somebody else. Cade makes their lives easier. So when we laughed, it was more about, you know, we'd heard that they didn't have the medicals on Ivy. They weren't as informed. So they were almost put in a position where it's like, you know, they're going to have to take Keegan. Or trade down. We, Everybody wants them. Things. So then when they took him and didn't take Ivy, that's why we laughed. And that's why we should apologize. But it wasn't because we all thought Keegan sucked. However, I'm with you guys. I think this front office did a good job this past season. I mean, Can we go through the, for yeah. the listeners? So they keep Fox. Can, I mean, they have some of my favorite players in the league and yours. Like guys we have raved about. I know House, we don't even need to tell America about House's feelings like Kevin Herter. Now that he's wearing <laughs> the headband. Fox, Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, good veteran. Murray, Sabonis. Yeah. Always have loved Sabonis. 
Davion Mitchell coming off the bench. Malik Monk, who I've wanted to legally adopt forever. Rashawn Holmes. That's eight guys. I like Holmes. Always have. Yeah, those are eight guys who could be in a playoff series. House, this is your favorite bet. It's my favorite bet. Uh, I I have uh, by far the most amount invested in Sacramento over this total. And also, literally my favorite bet of of, of across the whole NBA is Sacramento in the play-in. Mm, because me all they have to be is 7 to 10 for that bet to hit. And I think the top six in the West is pretty solid. I don't think Sacramento is going to crack that. But you're giving me the opportunity for them to finish 7, 8, 9, 10. I win the bet. It's plus money odds. That's the thing about it that's so attractive to me. It's like plus 120 or something like that. We're going to do, we're doing, Fando's going to boost at least a couple of these futures. I'm going to see if we can do a play-in parlay boost Ooh. with the Kings and one other team that we'll try to figure it as we go along Okay. With this. My thing is, I look, I'm not saying I'm Mr. Basketball, but we're living in a world where Sacramento's over-under is 33 and a half and Portland's over-under... Is it 39? 39 and a half. Yeah. What fucking world is Portland six wins better than Sacramento? I think Sacramento's going to finish with a better record than Portland. I would lock that down as one of my predictions. I think it's just kind of carryover from like what our expectations for Portland are. Lillard misses almost the entire season. Yeah. They add some other pieces. They load up. So you're like kind of looking at it on paper. But I mean, how many fucking years do we keep doing with Portland? Where I know we'll do it a little bit later, but yeah. like the Nurkic part of it. And you're just like, hey, you know, maybe it's just not going to be what you want it to be. Like cool per 36s, man. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It kind of hurts when half your team can't guard anybody and your coach doesn't seem like he knows how to coach. Bad combo. The thing to keep an eye on, and we'll have some indication, the four teams in the West that Sacramento gets multiple games against are Houston, Oklahoma City, San Antonio, and they're, and and they're going to give a shit more than any other that's, team in the West. That's it. I think that, that that's so another thing I bet on. four teams with multiple Sacramento games. will care the most. Their whole organization will care. We watched a little of their preseason game. They were killing somebody the other day, House and I. They can just always put out three shooters. Like, I value that. I value... Two to three shooters with Sabonis. You're talking Herder, Barnes, Murray. Yeah. Right. And Monk. And Monk. Those are four guys they like can put out one, in some combination. It's, it's the one Lakers reserve that you were like, nice job, Lakers. Yeah, kind of like Monk. <laughs> yeah. He was gone. Uh, but I think I just think they're always going to be able to create points. We have to talk about the probably the biggest thing that gets in the way of this if it happens. Who does De'Aaron Fox want to be? All right. Mm. Because last season, and maybe by necessity, and they move out Halliburton, Sabonis... I think even though we all like him, I don't know that he's the easiest person to implement into an offense because yeah. it kind of stops with him, even though he's really good at it. You know, um, I think not having another big in his way is is better for him. But Fox fucked up so many games last year. That you and I were probably the hardest on him. Because we just, we're, for whatever reason, this has gone on for like over a decade. Yeah. I feel like I end up watching more Sacramento than any non-soccer. Because the, yeah, the, they're always like in this window by themselves. Yeah. So it's the last thing on. So you're like, here I go again. Sacramento third <laughs> quarter. Let's fire it up. His efficiency numbers have dipped. Um, his usage rate is always around 30%. His but he wasn't he better with Sabonis though. When Sabonis joined, I thought his numbers got better. Yeah, I think they did. I'm also a little wary of that kind of last four weeks of an NBA True. season thing where Fair. it's tricked a lot of us into thinking that certain players have figured it out when half the league doesn't give a shit anymore. I'm not saying that I'm off of Darren Fox, but I think he ended up way too many close games going like, you know, when you're that younger player and you get that big contract and you're clearly the number one guy, 
you think you have to do it all by yourself. You don't have to do it by yourself. Russ no syndrome? One, yeah. Nobody, like, there's only a few guys where that's the best version of your team, like Luka at the end of a regular season, Prime Harden. Hmm. Um, LeBron was just such a great playmaker with all of it. There were just certain things with Fox that started to really scare me about who he was as a player. And hopefully, he'll feel like, hey, I've got more options here. I've got more guys. You want to bring the ball up. You want to drive by people all the time. Just make sure you're you're keeping everybody involved in here because I think it becomes really easy. Because I think he's he's pretty good. He's not special well, here's enough the thing, to just though. do his own thing every possession. I can't think of a point guard who's in a more fun like fantasy basketball position than him. Because he's just always going to have shooters all over the place, right? And he's going to have a guy who can screen for him, who's really good at high screen and roll. And if this and this is his team, he's the most expensive guy on it. And if he can't succeed in this situation, to at least be. You know, I, I think this could be like a top five or six offense. Well, I'm way too high on the Kings. I, I, I don't know what they're going to do defensively, but offensively, I think they're going to score. I'm trying to find it. I want to know what his most improved player odds are. Because, oh, interesting. Well, it, you know, he wants to be on the all-star team. He wants to be... Can you win the most NBA improved team. when you're like been that, in the league that, for six years? Well, it's it, that's a Julius Randle uh, phenomenon, right? Oh, good point. I mean, like, the offense was terrible last year and it actually got worse in the second half. So if you go, I do like the overall per 100 and then I do the post all-star and they were 27th. Ooh, so there goes that idea. I, you know, I, I, maybe there's, there's always some numbers you can find to make your argument with it. I watched too many games at the end where Fox was like, I'm just fucking doing this yep. and I didn't love it. And I just hope that his mindset is that you don't have to do this all the time. Like your Westbrook is obviously the worst example that we've had in modern basketball. I have the odds. Isn't that what Mike Brown is for? Yeah. Little defensive coach. I have the odds for your house. Okay. 120 to one for most approved for De'Aaron Fox. That's just throwing money away. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're all going over on the Kings. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we're going to have a King sponsor podcast here on Spotify soon, but you know what? I could be the pilot. Rosillo, turn the TikTok camera on, Kyle. Um, Rosillo, rank your favorite late night league pass West Coast teams for the 2022 23 season. Our candidates are all the California New Orleans, teams. New Orleans. No, that's not a late night team. It's got to be the four California teams. Oh, 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 oh. Well, I mean, Golden State's like unimpeachable. And Arizona. So those five. I guess does Portland count? I guess Portland counts. All right. So Portland's last. Yeah, Portland would be last. Um, Seattle's not available. Do I, do I get to say? <laughs> well, so Golden State's first. Who's second? Who are you watching? It's it's nine o'clock at night. You just got home from dinner. Everybody's on. Who are you excited for? Is I Westbrook think the Kings still, are second. Is Westbrook still playing at the end of a game and it's close? Because I can't <laughs> oh, help. That's a great variable. No, yeah, right. you, if Westbrook's playing thirty me minutes. Yeah, it was more the times most in the really first. Like, I did. I watched true. all of them. The it's first true. half of that season when you would be like, "Oh my god, <laughs> here this, we is, go. this is the uh, most fun I've ever." Clearing had. out for Russ again because right, it looked like the Celtics were gonna suck. Yeah. So Bill was like, well, at least I have this. Yeah. <laughs> at least I can true. hate watch an offense revolving around look, Russ. I'm, I'm telling you right now, that's the pick. Yeah, is Westbrook that is good. in the closing group of five in a close game, I can't get enough of it. It's pretty good. It's, it's pretty better good. than Golden State. It is. I'd have the Kings up there. Uh, all right. We go to the Southwest. Memphis, 48 and a half for the over, plus 105 for the division. Also known as Memphis. Memphis? Since when? What am so I missing? Making that up. What happened? Playing plus 195. Title 24 to 1. Playoffs minus 600. So we have them in this division. We have Dallas, who also has the over under 48.5. Mm. 
They are plus 145 for the division. Plus 140 for the playoff house. File that away. And then the other one we have in this division is New Orleans, who is plus 350 to win the division. They are 43 and at... Why are you guys writing secret notes? Oh, Broussard. Um, New Orleans is 43 and a half for the over, plus 350 in the division. House, my question to you. Why is New Orleans a level below, according to the odds, the over-under, and the division odds, a level below Dallas and Memphis, in your opinion? Only because the sample size for New Orleans is so small. What we have is the real recency bias of watching that success come together for them in the playoffs, in a series that they lost. But they played the play-in very well, and the galvanizing effect of C.J. McCollum, and you you don't have, uh, for the purposes of projecting a number, enough of a point of view of what this team is going to look like or consist of and how to factor in the Zion component uh, either. It's just too many uncertainties to to have them in a class of two teams that, you know, pretty solid playoff teams. I get it. And I disagree with the logic. We have Zion and we have Ingram and McCollum. We have three legitimate professional scorers of Zion's healthy. We have Herb Jones, who's one of the best glue guys in the league. We have Jonas, who's a big guy who can still score. We have Alvarado, who has turned into like a really legitimately valuable bench guy. And Devontae Graham. And Trey Murphy, who I thought was just shocking last year that they just pulled him out too. And Nance. And Jackson Hayes. And I even mentioned Kira Lewis. This team's loaded. Zion is the big thing. Priscilla, you're our number one Zion watcher on this podcast. What are you expecting from Zion? I expect domination. Uh, you know, I don't know why all of a sudden people are going to be able to guard the guy. You know, for what he did that year, um, his rookie numbers, 29.1 points per game per 36 is an NBA rookie record. I mean, that's a, that's a real thing. Yeah. Now, what it was, was Van Gundy trying to salvage whatever he could. And so it was pouring Zion. I think everybody else, I think Brandon Ingram fucking hated it um, from the you, games that I Ryan watched. Ryan Russell loved it though. I loved it. It was fun, but it's not what you should be doing. There should no. be balance, right? I don't like this. We, we can talk about it and it doesn't matter now for the exercise of this, but in the playoffs, like I don't like the heliocentric team. I don't like, it can be fun. It can be work, but it, to me, it, it sucks for everybody else and it sets a bad vibe for an entire season. This team is too talented to go back to point Zion. It's an awesome option. Uh, but he's going to have to find a way to fit in and sacrifice some of those shot attempts because Brandon Ingram showed, especially once he got into the playoffs, like this dude is really good. Man. Yeah, I think he, I don't think they would have traded him for Durant. It's the sense I got. Wow, yeah. I don't think I would have done it only because I don't think Durant. I mean, he's this pissed off in Brooklyn before right. the extension. Yeah, you bring him to in, New Orleans. You bring him to New Orleans. Be like, hey, this is awesome, Smoothie King. I'm in. Uh, but a year ago, Brandon Ingram, you're like, fine, we'll roll the dice with Durant. Yeah, but now you're like, nope, not doing that. I mean, there was a time where I probably would have been like, all right, how how good is actually Brandon Ingram? But he's really good. And what we saw in the playoffs, I mean, this is a really talented basketball team. So it shouldn't be Zion centric. It it should be a rotating thing. I mean, Valanciunas, who I'm probably not going to love in every playoff matchup, still puts up fucking numbers. There's Murphy the right. There are good numbers. matchups for him. Murphy's the uh, interesting X factor for them because if he ends up going up a level, I just think this team's going to always have five good guys out there. And he I, had more to his game than just some tall stick yeah. him in the no, corner he's guy. Legit UVA. Good. Like yeah, like he he had more, but you just was a matter of how much was he going to be allowed to do when he got to the pros. I guess my question is. Jackson Hayes even got better too. 
Like I he, know, much to our chagrin. No, but I mean, look, he was barely playing the first three he months. And you're like, all right, this guy, you know, and then the last I at, I looked at it here, like he jumped up like 26 minutes per game. He was a legit. He became a legitimate, bit. like yeah. what people think Nick Claxton is. My question is, they don't really have a point guard, right? Which sometimes you don't care about, but it does feel like McCollum is going to have to be kind of lead creator and Ingram and Zion. Some mix of that where they all share the steering wheel. I'm not saying it won't work, but that's the one thing I want to watch the first 20 games because we saw last year McCollum and Ingram, they could do it together, right? And I think they had some success. But now you bring in Zion, who's this natural force. And I just, I want to watch it. But to me, 43 and a half seems like the biggest layup out of all these 40 and over, over-unders. Like I'm, I'm over and this is a lock for me. I'm over. Uh, are we doing locks this year? Yeah, we're fucking a doing. Well, I know. Uh, you, I know. I kicked your ass last year with locks, but we're doing it again. Well, I'm taking th- this year. By the way, we'll do the locks at the end. Yeah, in some years previous, just for the purposes of, uh, there was some criticism that we I gambled a certain way, and after we, we, when we do this, sometimes there's opportunities to go against you guys to pick. Like I had the Lakers over last year. Because both of you well, were do, do your best possible locks. This so year. that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, Sacramento oh, is so a lot. You're lock. saying you're more of an entertainer than a guy trying to. When turn we're a doing the podcast, okay. and we're trying to have fun. No, with no, him. sometimes. No, what right. I don't know What's where wrong with? Well, him. I just know that Bill will like when he wins it. We're going to hear. I, about I it. text you guys and then, the, and then, the and screenshots. If he stinks, we don't hear well, about. Well, he and I haven't. Very. Don't haven't had a. Can't remember the last time I stunk. We're going to do. I have the records. I'll go back and find it. Priscilla does the New Orleans. And over for New Orleans. And Russell, you're going over too, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, we haven't even talked about some of the other guys. You know, like Dyson, I can't, like, that might be. Oh, yeah. I didn't even mention him. Unbelievable. So, is he even going to play this year? Well, yeah. And it it could be, like, it could be another factor in, like, how they want to initiate their offense because he's not really a shooter. Right. But he just does everything right. Like, when you watch him with that G League team, you know, there were other players that maybe had a higher profile coming in. You're like, man, I can't stop watching Daniels. Uh, the Devontae Graham thing is interesting, though, because I remember, like, with Charlotte, I'm like, man, this guy hit some big shots. He's a little Jordan Crawfordy. Yeah. yeah. I looked at it. His his points per game have gone from 18 to 15 to 12. His PER has gone in the shitter. He's 37% from the floor for his career. I think he was a high volume, not a lot of other options. Charlotte scored. Had two good months. Who had a couple big yeah. shots for Charlotte team that I was always shocked was in the mix. Mm. And still competitive in some of these other games. I don't know what he is now with also a talented team that's deep. I'd love to see him be this kind of microwave thing up. But the larger sample of him is actually a guy that doesn't make a ton of shots. House plus 350 for the division. Whereas Memphis and Dallas are basically even odds. Why can't I bet plus 350 on New Orleans? You can. You okay. can. That, I mean, part of that is some implied suspicion about the health of Memphis and something going slightly wrong with Dallas. That's what's implied there. Uh, okay, let's talk about this Memphis-Dallas thing because one of these two teams is going to go under. And it's going to, it's both of it's 48.5 for both. Memphis, plus 105 for the division, 10-1 for the conference, plus 195 for the plan, which I think is intriguing. Um, there's going to be a regression team this year. Here's the case. Denver is way healthier. And Denver, I think we all think is going to be good. Golden State is deeper. LeBron and AD are going to be playing the whole season instead of just half the season. Sacramento is going to be way better. New Orleans is going to be way better. Minnesota is going to be way better. The Clippers, we assume, are probably going to be better. 
So that is one, two, that's seven teams in the West that we know will be better and more competitive. And Memphis won 56 last year. It was a weird season. They had these weird on-off stats with Ja. It felt like they overachieved a little bit. And now I think people are penciling them as a contender. And I got to be honest, I, I see them right with Denver and a bunch of these other teams. Where do you see them, Rosillo? If I get a pick between Memphis and Dallas, I'm taking Memphis over. Memphis over instead of Dallas. Over. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I am too, but go ahead. Okay, so... And it's not because I have to pick one or the other. Um, you know, I could I could figure it out and say, hey, these are going to be two really strong teams. That is division will make it up the rest on the tanking teams. Because that's some of the other math that I'm looking at here where I'm going, is this tanking going to get so bad? Like a team that I think is pretty good. Hey, can I talk myself into three extra wins towards right. Especially as they're jockeying for playoff position. They went 20 and five without Ja. You know, Jackson misses games. You know, we don't know what the lingering foot thing will be. That was June. The timeline was four to six months out there. They're going to baby the hell out of them. But they have depth. They have options. And I think what they also did, too, instead of being like, I like that Melton ended up in Philly because I liked his versatility. He's somebody I started to appreciate more yeah. and more the more I watched Memphis. Uh, more I watched Memphis. But I think this front office was like, screw it. We're going to, like, load up on some of these younger options whether it's LaRavia, whether it's Roddy. I mean, Lofton Jr., who's only been productive everywhere he's gone, but he just doesn't look the part, so then nobody brings him in. I think they feel like they have all these options. I think Zara Williams was a guy that came in and did some things for him who fit this role, even though I didn't really like what I saw from him at Stanford. So the scouting in the front office, they, they went 20-5 and five without Ja, you know? And, and their backup point guard, Tyus Jones, is probably the best backup in the league. So even though Brooks and Jackson and Ja all missed time, it doesn't seem to matter for them. I'm going over for both teams because you're not asking. And Dallas. Yeah. Both oh, of wow. Them, both okay. of them can go over. I mean, there's no reason that they can't. Uh, Utah is out of this mix entirely. There's so many wins to suck up. You know, the, the, the West had four teams over 50 wins last year. And so taking both of these teams and saying each of them can win 49 games, it doesn't feel like that big of a stretch. You guys just made the case for Memphis. I'm, I'm on, on board with Rosillo, I think the version of Memphis that we get is is a bunch of names that we haven't really heard of and haven't seen a ton of of minutes from, and that's what Kyle Anderson's departure and that's what Melton's departure creates is that opportunity. Yeah, I, I kind of look. They may have fucked it up, but I'm really impressed that they went. You know what? Let's get a little cheaper. Let's get a little bit younger. And so far, their track record's been really good That's on some it. of these evaluations. And I'm not talking about like the top 10 guys. Yeah. I'm saying after that. I mean, look, we didn't even mention Aldama. Is he is he the starter? There, I read a whole long piece about how he's going to be like a real guy this year. Yeah. So, I mean, we just, we have to say it once. I'm just not fading Memphis. That's all. I'm slight over, but I think it's going to be high 40s. They, I, I can't shake the... Well, it has to be 49. It has to be high 40. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think it's 48 or 49. Oh, I'd rather go over. I don't want Verno to get mad at me. Okay. Look, I'm afraid of him. Also He's say, a psycho. You know, we're one weird hip landing away from Jaw being gone. Well, that for part the worries me. We already know we're losing Jack's, Triple J for right. how many games now? Brooks, at least 20. He's Brooks coming has back had in two January. seasons where he's basically not been available. Yeah. I mean, what, 30 games last year? I think I'm, so. I I'm, get. I still might go under, but I, I, I'm. Uh, you have to do it. We're on the pod. No, because then I'm going to end up on their whiteboard. When are you going to decide? With Draymond Green. Draymond Green's on their whiteboard because he talks some shit about them. Hey, can Draymond I just talk this Bill out Simmons. for a split second? Remember the Nuggets that year when they went 57 and 25 with Ty Lawson, the 2013 Nuggets? Yeah. Do you have no idea how mad that team made me be? 
And I, it was like, whoa. Right. And then the next year they were like 36 and 46 and it was just an aberration. I'm not saying this Memphis team is the same kind of aberration because that Nuggets thing was a house of cards and they had Ty Lawson. The high-end talent on this Memphis team it's, is it's better, better than that Denver That's team. That's true. Right. But we already had the Jackson injury and John ja makes me nervous. We've talked about it before. He, Out of all the players in the league, his style of play makes me the most nervous. Period. That's fine. And I'd agree with you. But that Denver team, and the reason I remember being so mad about it is we had Chad Millman on, who was the, basically in charge of ESPN, the magazine. Yeah. And they put Ty Lawson on the cover. And the whole idea was that it was like more analytically driven and that they had more depth. And it was like, we can play 10 or 11 guys. And mm. then if we don't want to play this five, we can play this five. I'm like, this is all bullshit. Right. I'm like, this isn't work. It's not going to work. <laughs> and I was truly invested in it. And then he was kind of like, well, whatever. I was like, pick them then. Pick them. <laughs> pick them to win the title. And it's like, Chad's uh, we'll be like, back. This is presented by Progressive Insurance right after this. And poor Chad's like, you know, I came by to primp up the magazine for eight minutes. And I'm <laughs> screaming at him being like, if you believe the cover, then fucking pick them to win a title. And they didn't. So they were out early that year. Well, I, I'm just telling you, I'm going under for Dallas. I think the Brunson thing. You didn't make a call on Memphis yet. Uh, I'm still debating. All right. I'm over on Memphis. Okay, you I'm guys over are over. Memphis, I'm, yeah. I'm like the slightest over. I wouldn't bet it. Uh, Dallas, I just value what Brunson did for them. I, I don't need to do a monologue about this. I thought he was incredibly important to them. I thought, I think it's really hard to find guards who can play with Luca. As much as we love Luca, I think he's a little like LeBron. I think he's a little hard to play with. He has the ball all the time. I think he's exactly where to be. By the way, I just I yeah. value guys that can play with that dude. And I look at this Dallas team. I think it's easier to plug guys in to play with LeBron during LeBron's prime than it is for. Yeah, Luka. it probably yeah. is. So who's the second best guy on this team? And it's like, oh, it's Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie. The Wizards were shopping him in Target for a month last February. Finney Smith. All right, he's. I like Finney Smith. Good two way player. Christian Wood, get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> I think he's their second best player. Maxi Kleber, but Reggie Bullock, <laughs> like, I don't think this team is good. I think this is very similar to the Jokic year last year. And I know some of these guys stylistically fit. I know Hardaway's coming back. But I also think the West is way, way, way better. And I think this is going to be a playing team. I don't care. You put Pencil and Luka for 30, 11, and 10. And I still think it's like a 45-win team. I think the over's too high. I like them. I, I think they're going to go over. Okay. I think that, you know, they went, they won 52 games last year. I had to look at that, you know, three or four times. How did they do it? How did they get to 52? They play unbelievable defense. Well, Denver was the Washington Generals. Golden State was 26 and 22 their last 48. LeBron and AD disappeared. Sacramento stunk. New Orleans didn't really get going for the, until the last six weeks. And the Clippers were out. They weren't even a playoff team. I mean, the West... It, you can't factor in hard enough how much better the West is this year. I don't and know. I just don't think Dallas is a 50-win team. I think there are wins to suck up because I'm taking, I, you know, nobody's going to win 60 games in the West this year. So if you take those Fair. Phoenix games and, and ramp them down and you take the four or five teams that we think are, you know, that Houston, Oklahoma City, uh, you know, that we've gone through it, the Spurs, all of those wins that are sort of out there for teams incented. I honestly think... That that the approach that they're gonna what I'm anticipating out of them with the Brunson departure is a little less heliocentric, a little less ball stopping. I think they have to uh, uh, get out and run. They were like the slowest team by I don't think miles. Luka, I don't think he entire, wants to run. 
Well, he's is yeah, he in no, shape or is he not it's, in shape? It's, it's, I don't think it's that. It's like the old LeBron shit too. It was like, oh, we finally put these athletes with them. You're like, you realize he wants to dissect everything yeah. in a half court. And it works, by the way. It so, does work. Uh, it works for Luca. It worked for LeBron then. I don't like the high usage. She led the NBA last year. And there's a little discrepancy on people saying that Embiid led it depending on what you looked at, which is kind of weird to get into kind of usage state uh, stat debates. He's over 40% usage in the playoffs the last two seasons, which is like, that is, that's absurd. That's, that's it's just it's just yeah, too much. And then you're much. like, wait, well, they still made the Western Conference Finals. How does that even happen? I just well, let's I, say Phoenix doesn't get COVID in Game Seven or whatever happened to them, and Phoenix just wins in that seven. Vibe Game Seven. Yeah. If if Dallas just loses that Game Seven, do we think about them differently? Now we're looking at round two team. They lost their second best player. Yeah, I'm just talking it out. Yeah, because I. You know, it's Mark Sanchez is always my favorite example of this. Like he played in two FC title games. You're like, yeah, but did I go back into next year being like, hey, they're ready to take the next step? And in a weird way, I feel like Luca and what he's done in the playoffs already proves just how special he is. Yeah. Because if you're going to be really, really special, usually have kind of that run that's ahead of schedule. And maybe that was him for last year. But I don't go into it thinking like, how many other teams do I talk about in the West before I talk about Dallas? Because the way it's structured talent-wise on paper... I'd agree with you guys. Like, what is it here that I really like? Is the Brunson thing a smart long-term decision or is that somebody they're totally going to miss? Or did Brunson kind of mimic what they did with Brunson Doncic? I think Brunson kind of screwed them. I think they wanted to bring him back. I think they assumed he was coming back and huh. he just didn't. Yeah. But I also think guys never Brunson... actually leave and he was like, no, nah, I'm actually gone. I'll see you guys later. Yeah. I also felt like with Brunson, it was a little, like, he turned into a really nice player. But it was also... Like, okay, Doncic just ISOed you guys forever. Now I'm going to ISO you guys yeah. forever. And I think against a really good team in the playoffs, like eventually it just becomes easier to guard. But remember those stats for him in the paint? He had like those crazy 8 to 12 footer stats that yeah, well, were like resembled nobody else. You, in the Utah league. turned him into a Hall of Famer. <laughs> oh my because, God. You know, right. let's keep moving. But, but I would just say so you guys are both going over. Because I only On need Dallas. Get, yeah. I'm going under. Okay. But, I am checking myself in that I know when I look at the roster, I don't get really excited. Sure. But I also know that you have to build a roster a certain way around Luca. And I think they've done a good job of that. And I think it's the Dinwiddie growth. And I also think it's the Hardaway part of it where they're expecting to get him back. And, you know, we'll see. I have Golden State, Clippers, Phoenix, Denver, Memphis, and then Dallas, Minnesota, New Orleans together. And two of those teams are going to be in the plan. That's true. And, by the way, it could be Dallas and Minnesota. I'm over on Dallas. Let's do Houston and San Antonio really quick. We'll just zoom through these. Houston's over-under is 23 and a half. San Antonio's over-under is 22 and a half. It is the year of Wembenyama. I think I am doing the, I'm just going under on everybody who's 24 and under because I think they all have too much incentive to tank. The one team I was wavering on was Houston. And I think I'm going to go over on Houston and under on all the other bad teams because I think Jabari is going to be really helpful right away, at least defensively and athletically. And I think Jalen Green wants to make the all-star team. He won't, but he's going to try his hardest to make it. And, and Sengun, I don't know. I, I think they're going to care for half the season. And if they tank, it'll be a, later. 23 and a half, 24 and 58 is a bad record. So can they get 25 wins? Yeah, I'm I'm probably going over. What do you think of that that one, Rosillo? So you're going, your general theory was under on the bad teams because of Wembanyama. Because I think everyone's going to just toss games away as we get closer. But Houston, I 
I don't think they're going to toss away right away. All right. This is something else I spent a lot of time on. Okay. Because remember last year, we'd be watching the bad teams, and I'm like, I got to give it to them. They're still playing their asses OKC off. was the best example. OKC, depending on what number you got, you might have landed on the last day. <laughs> right. I think I remember sending you a text being like, you gave us the highest fucking number or the lowest number <laughs> yeah. on what it was. I probably cheated. Uh, yeah. And then Detroit, I mean, they were a 12 and 45 team. Granted, Cade missed time, but they finished 11 and 14. So yeah. I was like, wait, Detroit's playing their ass off yep. here at the end. So my whole theory of last year was I'm going under on all the bad teams because I think it's just what happens. And that was without the best prospects since LeBron James. Yeah. So... I remember going, hey, next year when you do the over-unders, remember how hard some of these bad teams played. And I still remember it. And guess what? Houston still went under. Orlando went under. Detroit still went under. Yeah. OKC, depending on the number you got, came down to like the last couple days because it was maybe 23 and a half. They had 24 wins. Uh, the Pacers had the fifth worst record. They weren't even close to their total number. I'm going unders on all of them again. I just am, even though when you look at Houston in a vacuum and you think, well, wait, they won 20 games last year and now the number's 23 and a half and with another year from Jalen and, and Kevin Porter Jr., like, did you see his assist numbers? Like, there's some guys I really like. I think Singoon's probably going to do some real shit for you. So now you're starting to see what this team could be. And I'm like, wait, that's not worth four more wins. I think it's going to be disgusting in the funniest way possible at the end of the year when these teams are just the like, what are we doing? What's yeah. the point? So yeah, I'm probably leaning towards under on like who I think the seven worst teams are. We agree, except I'm I'm going slight over on Houston because I, I think like they're going to give a shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with going. What do you I'm got, a, I, Unfortunately, you and I are once again in lockstep. I'm taking the over for Houston and the under for San Antonio. I have one, I have one bad team I'm going to do an over on. Okay. So okay. yeah, but I, I don't. Great, I, save it. I have no argument on the Houston thing, but to me, this is like, if you have to play all 30, yeah. I'm going to go with how fucked up I think it'll be the last six weeks of the season. Is it far-fetched to think it, there could be an awesome Jalen Green season? No. It seems like he's going to have the ball all the time. I just, I worry about the, the Kevin Porter Jr. part of it. and Like, I need with complimentary players, okay. not overlapping players. Part you know? of the thing that I think is, is going to um, alter our math on this is the fact that we have two top guys. And the odds to grab oh, one yeah. of those two, it, it changes. So once you're in oh, the zone, because three teams we are going to have, have three, the same. Right? There's rumors there might be people in that next level below people kind of like, right? I know you haven't like dived I into the draft, I'm, but yeah. so Houston, I think this could be like a legendary draft. Houston could win 26 games, which is an over, yeah. and still be in pretty good shape for odds for the top one or two picks. I think they're going to give a shit for at least half the season. Mm -hmm. I don't think San Antonio will give a shit for any portion of the season. I don't know how they get to choose. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you mean? This San Antonio roster is the oh. most, one of the most boring rosters it's brutal. ever. No offense. I love that <laughs> old friend Romeo Langford is on there and might actually play. <laughs> I read a preview where it was like, this would be a great opportunity yeah. for Langford. I'm like, all right. It we, could happen for yeah, him. Just the, the starting five, at least in whatever lineup I pulled off, was Trey Jones, Vassell, Kelton Johnson, Sohan, and Pirtle. And if that's not the worst starting five, I don't know what is. And Kelton's good. Kelton's yeah, pretty good. But Kelton's the best player in that starting five, but, unfortunately for them. And I like Trey Jones as a defensive backup point guard. Yeah. When you think of the depth of that position and that being your starting point guard. So their over under is 22 and a half. And I'm other, going under. Right. My other fear with Sohan now, too, is like, 
Spurs fans are going to be like, what do we, what's going on here? And if you don't know what you're signing up for, and then the rest of the team isn't very good. Like, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing for him because the stuff we bad. like about him is he's a good team guy, but he's also just going to get a ton of reps this season, which might actually be good for him. I don't ever foresee him seeing like a 20-something a game guy who, who's no. getting real options offensively. He's he's does all the other things that you wish more people did, and I'd rather see that on a better team than what I think is going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. Before we take the break, we just got to commend the Spurs because they sniffed out this Wembyama thing. And they jumped on the Murray trade. And I've already talked about this. I didn't like the Murray trade. I didn't understand why they did it. And now it looks well, it was absolutely a contract genius. thing, though, too. Contract that thing. Yeah, they didn't want to they, pay him two years yeah, from now. Yeah, but they, it was even more complicated because of the way the extensions work for yep. them. So go ahead. Yeah. We have 25 years. Worth, really smart. 25 years worth of evidence of the Spurs having a perspective on international players ahead of the effing curve. True. Okay, that's fine. But they also, like, for a benefit of the doubt team, which they deserved for a really long time, they had a rough I, last seven some, years. They've had yeah. some lean fucking drafts yeah. where you're like, what happened to you guys? Since about 14, it's been kind of dicey, but that was really smart. All right, one more break, then we're going to do Northwest. This episode is brought to you by Verbo. You know, it is already stressful enough to deal with airports, delayed flights, bad weather. You want your actual where you're staying experience to be perfect, to be lights out. You don't want to have to worry about anything. When you book a vacation rental, you want to know exactly what you're paying ahead of time. The stress of getting hit with unexpected cleaning fees after your stay, that can immediately cancel out all the great time you just spent unwinding. Thankfully, when you book with Verbo, you can see the total price upfront. There are no unpleasant surprises and the savings do not stop there, my friends. When you book with Verbo, you earn 2% cash back toward your next vacation through the One Key Rewards program, letting your money do the work for you while you've got your feet up. So while other vacation rentals can feel like a roll of the dice, relax knowing you booked a Verbo. Book your next private vacation rental in the Verbo app. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. I love the NBA. When game day comes around, win or lose, this is the beer you want. Michelob Ultra, my go-to right now because... I'm a light beer guy. Sorry, hate to break it to you. You know, I'll mess around with some other ones, but for the most part, really ever since college, I've been a light beer guy. Michelob Ultra, not only does it taste great, 95 calories, crisp and refreshing. Put it in your fridge. Watch how people just grab it. All of a sudden, they're gone. I also like Michelob Ultra because they're getting fans closer to the game right now than ever before with exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like signed memorabilia and courtside seats. Enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. All right, the Northwest, a division that Denver is the favorite. They are minus 160 to win the division and Minnesota is plus 155. And I hate when House and I agree on a lot of stuff. But we both fucking love Denver. Denver plus 850 for the conference. I think that's a good one. 20 to 1 for the title. I'm intrigued by that. The division minus 160. I I just find it hard pressed to see a scenario where they don't win the division unless somebody gets hurt. And I respect what that Minnesota roster, and we'll talk about them in a second, but 50 and a half. Denver to go 51 and 31. Jokic every year. His last four years with Jokic, 48 wins last year playing with the Washington Generals, 47 and 25 in the shortened season, 
46 and 27 in the pandemic season and 54 and 28 the season before that. It's he's kind of a guaranteed 50 wins if he's playing. And if you're putting a decent team around him, I'd say he's a guaranteed 53 to 55 wins house. So what would be the concern that Porter just doesn't play all year? Well, this is going to be the most boring over under podcast that we've done probably in, you know, the 12 years or 14 years we've been doing it. I totally agree. I love this Denver team. It is the second biggest bet that I made in the West was going over the 50 and a half. They're loaded. I absolutely adore what they did with Bruce Brown and KCP. Like the the the, the stuff under the radar. Let you know, welcome. Bruce Brown, what in. a fun guy to put with Jokic. Holy Just a guy who cow. does weird cuts. So remember all the stuff we thought you were gonna do with Ben Simmons? This yeah. guy plays. Yeah, right. <laughs> and moves. And isn't afraid to get fouled. Yeah, I mean, what they 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 made a trade with my beloved Weezards. Uh, and I think it was a really fair trade. Good for both teams. Yep. Um, but KCP, in, it's a perfect fit for him. I just think they have an offensive di- identity and a defensive identity, and they're nine, ga- nine or ten guys deep, and Bones Highland is going to be a revelation. And, you know, what's the bad thing to say about Denver? After Jokic, these were the shot attempt leaders for Denver last year. Uh, I'm not including Michael Porter Jr. because he only played nine games. Will Barton, Aaron Gordon, who... Again, I, I never understand why people argue about him offensively. You know, he's he's probably a fourth option on a really good team. Yeah. Um, Monte Morris, Bones Highland, Jeff Green. Just want to throw it in there. I mean, you just start going down this. This was the sixth best offense in the NBA last year. It's yes. unbelievable what this guy does. And so you put Murray back in. I don't even know what's going to happen with Michael Porter Jr. I don't know how you pick under here. I mean, I hate to just sit here and have all of us agree on this one, but Jokic just Murray is, alone is got to be worth five wins for last year. I think KCP on top of it too, because yeah. then he, he I think, balances him really nice, not only with his shooting history, but the fact that he's going to play defense and then certain nights where Murray's right. like, okay, cool, off the injury, I don't have to worry about all these things. Murray's still young enough that this shouldn't really be that much of a factor coming off the knee thing. So Porter Jr., I have no idea. It's a coin toss. This is why he's red flag like crazy before the draft. This is exactly why. I mean, so it, gonna, it could end up being the worst contract in recent memory if you get him great. I think even without him, to add two more wins to what they did last year and the fact that Jokic had all these dudes that are basically just backups. I can't believe they were the sixth best, best offense and they won 48 games. That's why he can't be ruled out for MVP. Because there is a case that they're, they're going to be the one seed in the West. And I was te- I was texting with Kyle Mann about it uh, this morning about will this be the best offense in the league? Will this be the highest scoring offense in the league? FanDuel doesn't have a what team is going to average the most points a game bet. But if they did, I would bet on Denver. I think they're, I think they're going to be an offensive machine. And the fact that Jokic did what he did last year with the roster he had, that was why we voted for him for MVP. I'm all in on Denver. And I'm, I'm so glad you brought up the Bruce Brown thing because him cutting off the ball away from Jokic is going to be hilarious. And they're going to play better defense. I'm interested to see Highland again this year. I thought he had some moments. Yeah, well, that I like made that me wonder afraid. if he's a playoff guy. Yeah. yeah, but then sometimes I'm like, maybe I'd like you to be a little more afraid. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like 10, but early on, 10 I more ounces. Yeah, right. Um, the other thing with them we should mention is just, I, I do think they have the ability to go in and get somebody potentially too. Sure. Because it incentive. feels like they're a guy short right now. Like, Rosillo's guy, Jeff Green, is still kind of involved. Sorry, Rosillo. No, but, you get a lot for him, so it's a good point. But, um, yeah, good. <laughs> uh, but you could, they could patch some contracts together, throw a future pick and 
grab one more guy. All right, so we're all going over on Denver. Minnesota, their over-under is 48 and a half. I didn't realize they won 46 games last year until I looked it up. I was surprised. Feels like they should be three games better, but again, the West is way better. Plus 155 for the division, plus 145 for the plan. To me, this looks like a 50-win team because of Gobert and because Edwards is a year older and I, you could come up with nine other smaller reasons, but just those two. I, 49 and 33 feels realistic to me. And I do think Gobert, as much as we all hated that trade, and I still feel like it was one of the biggest overpays in the history of the league, they do have them for this year. They have Rudy Gobert on their team. They're going to be really good defensively. So I'd, I'd be surprised if they were 49 wins or less. It feels like a 49 to 52. What do you think, Russell? Yeah, the 46 wins from last year, and then you look at some of the offensive rankings, especially after the All-Star break. I think they were the third best offense in the league Yeah, after the break, which again, the break is like between 23 and 25 games, depending on which team. Uh, I am with you because I knew once we all trashed the Gobert thing, I was like, I cannot wait until they get off to a really good start with a regular season. And then people start doing victory laps. Everybody was wrong about the Gobert trade. And you're like, no, the Gobert trade is how much you still owe him. It's the price that you paid. And it's the playoff Gobert part of this. Where Why is it all of a sudden magically going to get better? It was your owner frantically asking people in his life, wait a second, I think we fucked this Gobert trade up. Yeah, I mean, like Edwards is going to get better. Maybe that phases out Russell a little bit. The Beverly thing, I'm indifferent. I still like McDaniels, who turned into, what, a top 20 player this summer because he wasn't in the trade. Top 20, I have him top 16. <laughs> I, I do like right him, One spot ahead like of Anthony Davis. Uh, Kyle Anderson, you add him to the mix. Yeah, I like it. I like Minnesota's an over, and I think there's going to be like a lot. Like their bench guys? I like their bench guys. Uh, yeah, there's not really much. I, and I just think Edwards is probably the guy that I would buy, still continue to buy the most stock in as a player moving forward. Like somebody that could actually crack into that. You know, all the time we spend on those top, top six, eight guys. Yeah. Like he actually has a chance with other guys. I'd be like, I don't even want to hear it. Yes. I'm going to go over as well for the reasons that you guys articulate. Also, like, I think the math is, is there for it. You know, I'm going over for Minnesota, over for Dallas, over for Memphis, uh, over for Golden State. But last year in the West, seven teams finished 48 uh, wins or, or better. Uh, and, or no, 46 wins or better. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I, it does not like a, a huge stretch. And, and, you know, I don't want to be on the side of rooting against Anthony Edwards. That's the most prominent case for me. Rosillo, you would have loved this. I'm not using any of this for the pod, but I did a super deep dive on tanking years and top-heavy leagues and tried to figure out if there was any sort of win. No. Every year was different. We've had some years where there's like 13 teams with 48 wins or more, and then there's other years that make no sense. No, um, I did. I looked at the tops there's, and bottoms there's, of, of the seasons. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> completely random. I want it to yeah. not be random, but it is. No, I thought I was onto something... Yeah. And then you're like, okay. Because the other thing that you can't, you can't predict is there's going to be a couple teams that are already over it immediately that we thought were going to be good. There's going to be a couple teams that lose a guy. It could be like, you know, the David Robinson, Sean Elliott, San Antonio thing where Bradley Beal. So, you know, I have, house. I have my yeah, approach to this, but, you know. Well, let's get to one of those teams right now, the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> Their over-under is an astonishing 39 and a half. 10 to 1 for the division, plus 154 for the playoffs, minus 140 for the play in. I have them as an under, and I have them as an under with a lock next to it because I don't understand this team at all. 
we have no idea if Dame's going to be Dame again, right? He, Dame hasn't been Dame in a year and a half. And according to the preseason reports, hasn't exactly looked incredible. Lillard, Simons, and Nurkic as three of your crunch time five. What am I getting defensively, Rosillo? Am I getting stops with that? No, I mean, that's where the Josh Hart thing, like I can't fathom who he's going to be stuck with because Grant's going to have to take whoever the good big is. So Josh Hart's guarding like Jason Tatum. Yeah, I think that that's going to happen. Kevin Durant? No, but they'll say like, oh, no, that would be Grant. But I, I think there's going to be other times where Jeremy Grant gets stuck with with other dudes. And, and right. like, there are... There are specific defensive numbers that tell you a story of like Jeremy Grant being one of the most like valuable individual defenders in the league too. Yeah. I don't know that I always believe that. That doesn't pass the eye test for me. <laughs> numbers, I'll tell you that much. I saw a couple numbers with him where I was like, Jesus, Jeremy Grant? But also he had that whole, I was kind of the guy a little bit in Detroit. And now he's not the guy again. No, that was... Like when I, he got that deal with Detroit, I was wrong because I was like, what is the number? And then somebody, well, plenty of people were like, Detroit actually wanted to keep him at that number. I was like, my God. And then it's like, no, I want to go to Detroit. I want to do all these things. And then you're thinking, wait a minute, Jeremy Grant's taking 20 shots a game as his number one option for your team offensively. And guess what? That doesn't work. And then poor Gary Payton's on this team. He got the bag. Nah, he, he got the bag. He's happy. No, I know, but I, I just want him on winning teams. This will not be a winning team. No. House, did Chauncey Billups show you anything that so, made you think he was an NBA head coach last you're, year? You're stealing my bit. I mean, this I'm going <laughs> under with, with Portland, and the reason is because of Chauncey Billups. It's it's a single de determining factor. I, you're, you To take the over here, you have to convince yourself that Chauncey Billups can take this group and transform them into... A pretty weird team. It's a weird team. Of two guards that are going to be below average defensively, to say the least. A superstar coming back with a huge contract. We don't know if he's 100%. No real shot blocking at all. They have to play defense. They're in an awesome conference. They're not good enough to outscore teams and win 50 games, win 45 games. I don't win see it at all. Hey, Dame, 32 years old, 11th season, 711 games, 61 playoffs. Um, there's some guys on his corner now. He felt a lot more special five years ago, but now every year there's like a new Darius Garland, all these new guys coming in. The guard position is deeper than ever. There's big guards. Kate Cunningham's 227 pounds this year. And I just think it's a different league. I am of the opinion, this is the team I'm targeting as the, you mentioned the, oh my God, what that team's tanking now? What happened? I think this is the candidate for me. And At they least were the, in the team, West. They were the team the last year, too, right. where you went, oh, my God, who are they playing? Right. Like, who's Old Dominion Center? Yeah. So, again, that's just, I mean, their bigs are limited. I, I actually think Lillard could come in and crush again. I mean, he's 32. Maybe. He's not 36. Right. Uh, he had the entire year off for the most part. And the reason he didn't hit any shots is because the stomach injury was, like, super significant. And Simon's had some great statistical stuff where he's, like, one of the best guys in catch-and-shoot threes. So, you know, Lillard has kind of a nice option in that. But Simons can also kind of get his own thing going. So it can be a little bit like, look, he already did it with CJ all those years. Like when it was working and it was good, I kind of like guys. So their destiny is there'll be 15-point underdogs in Golden State and Simons and Lillard score 80 and they beat Golden State. And people, oh my God, and then they lose their next eight. Yeah, because I don't know where the frontline depth just isn't there. Eubanks, you know, was, was brought in. Under. The, the thing that you're talking about too, they, they are a candidate. Like you could see Dame move. I think that makes sense. I, that was my last question on this is why are we so sure Dame can't get traded because he loved it there and he signed an extension still anybody can get traded. Absolutely. And what he if it's ask. like, oh my God, we're way worse than I thought. This coach thing didn't work out. 
Maybe. We're in, but, a, we're in a conference that is loaded. Like, what is my end game here? Eh, trade me. Okay. Yeah. That uh, team wants me? Great. Let's do it. I don't know. I well, don't know what g- to expect. Give themselves a chance at one of the top two picks. Yeah. Because like, you have to, this year you have to decide in like December. December 15th, they're like, all right, we're in on Wembenyama. Like, we we have to get in that scoot. top four. Or Scoot. Let's do I'll you. Just, yeah, I always want to remind people of this Lillard thing, which has been accurate, though, for multiple years, and that he likes being the marquee attraction for this yeah. team, and it's all on his terms. And he knows that. That's why he got the extension. Yeah. Uh, and that has been the default. Whenever I checked on him, hey, how's it going? How's it good? Like, what's up? What do you think? The, like, he's been the opposite of a lot of the other stars that go, fuck it, I'm going to team up with somebody. He's had some quotes, here. too. Okay? He's put out there. So there was one time with Haynes where I thought, uh-oh, this is where it's going to start. And again, it was just him being upset and then deciding that he still wanted to stay there. Who? So I would look at Lil, not saying it's impossible, surely. If they could suck again this year, he's like, all right, fuck it. I'm only 32. Like, it's time to move on. He just has had a different personality when it comes to that. Sure, that's that's totally fair. He killed that poor writer. Who was it last year that that, that reported that he w- he was asking to be traded or whatever? He killed somebody. I don't remember. Oh, Henry was. Abbott. Oh, that's right. He assassinated poor Henry. He went on Twitter. Yeah, dang yeah. it. Well, the yeah. report was wrong. Um, let's uh let's zip through this quick. Utah over under twenty four and a half. San uh, Oklahoma City over under twenty three and a half. We're at the hour and a half mark of this podcast. I'm going under for both. I think they're both firmly entrenched in the Wambanyama sweet stakes. And I don't think they're worth talking about. Oklahoma City over, Utah under. Over. Make yeah. the case. Let's hear it. Well, I mean, they just have good basketball players. <laughs> they have a good team. They they did this last year. They went out and, and played decent over the first, you know, 20, 25 games. They, they won some games at the very end. It was fun to watch. I know SGA's out, you know, hurt the first, you know, big, to begin the season. But it still what a makes weird sense career for, for SGA. Yeah, one of the weirdest. We're, we're, like, we're missing him. Like I being a see famous them. TV star, and you're just on like the worst streaming service for five straight years. <laughs> Give me it's a like, name. This guy's one of the best actors. It's like, <laughs> is he? What? What channel is that? Uh, I am going under. Rosillo under or over for OKC. I'm going under because I I just think that Presti be like we're not that good. Presti has the equity. He can he can have another bad season. You know, people that want to complain and be like, well, what's Presti doing? How's that ever different from it? Well, because Presti had good teams before. Yeah. And it's in a market where he can get away with it multiple years. I just think it would be weird if they were, they were, I think they'll do something to make sure they're not going to be super competitive. And we already are missing Chet, you know? Chet gives them the yeah. leeway now. Right. Unless they just go fucking crazy. But that would be what they could do. It'd be like, hey, we're going to do Point Poku, and that's us tanking. But it doesn't look <laughs> like it. really fun Point to watch. Poku is one of the best tanking devices we have. They can win 24 games and still be in the uh, in the. That's mix. the thing. We saw it last year where OKC seemed like a lock, and somehow they were right at that over-under at the tail end. That's and why I'm taking some it. of the guys, they were shutting guys down, and yeah. it still was a battle until, you know, we've already mentioned it in this, this podcast. Uh, Utah, I, how do they get to 24 wins? I don't, Conley's getting worse. Yeah. Uh, Ingles is gone. Bogdanovich is gone. The other main guys are all gone. Clarkson's going to light up whoever he goes up against. I mean, maybe Sexton has some, but Sexton was putting up numbers and not winning any games when he was in Cleveland too. So he's uh, perfect for the Wembenyama speak stakes. Get yeah. your 25, Sexton. And Ainge. We has, lost by eight. You want to talk about public equity in a market? Yeah. Ainge is. He's got a high approval rating in the state of Utah. I would say. <laughs> and Clarkson and Conley, both trade candidates. I mean, I don't expect He's to see like, either one of them on guys, the team. Yeah. I've gotten Olenek. I locked it down, guys. I know you thought we might get a little more from Bogdanovich, but Olenek is my guy. 
Just trust me. He does like Olenek a he lot. He fucking yeah. drafted him over Giannis. Yeah. Uh, all right. Recap of the West. Golden State Warriors, 52 and a half. We all went over. Any, just tell me when you want to say lock for any of these. Lock. Lock over Rosillo on the board. Okay. Clippers, 52 and a half. We all went under. No locks. Phoenix Suns, 52 and a half. Me and House went under. Rosillo, sadly, regretfully, uh, you went with your heart. You went over. You had to. I'm not locking it. it then. Los Angeles Lakers, 44 and a half. Did we all go over on this? Yeah. I feel yeah. like I talked Rosillo into it with my trade thing. I yeah. think you were going to go under before I did my trade. No, I was going to do whatever you weren't going to do. We all went over. No, I was. And then I just went, no, I'm fine. Because I, I was convinced you were going to do under. And then I no. was like, you know what? I'm going to balance that out a little bit. Because I still can't wait to see what you do with the Celtics with the biggest number. Sacramento over. Lock. 33 and a half. Lock. Is that a lock for all three of us? Yeah. I think it is. Okay. Sacramento, we're adopting you. Memphis, 48 and a half. Rusillo goes over. House goes over. My final selection. I'm going slight under. Just slight, just to, just to, just to zag. Uh, for Verno, give me a lock. Give me a lock on Memphis. Lock on Memphis for it's you. It's really that, the entire infrastructure there. I just, I'm such a believer in everything they do. Okay. Then we have Dallas Mavericks. House is going over 48 and a half. Rosillo's under. I am under as a lock. 48 and a half. I don't know how you lock it on. on well, I just did. Luca. <laughs> I just did it. Right. New Orleans, 43 and a half. I went over as a lock. Are you over as a lock? I'm a lock, yes. Rosillo, lock or no? It was definitely going to be a lock, but I don't like how much we're locking up the same ones, too. Well, listen, I'm locking. If three it. smart guys get together, sometimes that happens. Houston Rockets, 23 and a half. House and I went over, you went under. Yep. San Antonio Spurs, 22 and a half. We all went under. God, that's such a low number. Anyone want to lock that or no? No, I don't I don't want to. No. But Denver Nuggets, 50 and a half. I went over as a lock. You guys both went over. You locking that or no? I'm no. not locking it. Okay. Minnesota Timberwolves, 48 and a half. All three of us went over. No locks? No locks. Portland, 39 and a half. I'm going under as a lock. House is under. Just a regular under. Rosillo? I don't like to throw my locks around the way you do. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. So you're under. I'm under. Utah, 24 and a half. All three of us are under. That's all under lock for Joe House. Okay. Tasty one. And then OKC, 23 and a half. Me and Rosillo went under. You went over. Sure. 24. Okay. So you didn't, you just weren't throwing the locks around, Rosillo. No, I never, every, each year I don't. How many locks do you guys throw out? Well, I like to do seven. Yeah. How many are you and I at right now? I have a lot. I have at least four. You have, I think, three. I think, Rosillo has one. No, I have three. I've what do you got have? New Orleans, Sacramento, and Golden State. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, we're all on. All right. That was it for part one. Get ready for part two. We're going to be doing the East. Thanks to Kyle Creighton for producing. Thanks to Dylan Berkey and Corey as well. And we'll see you for part two.
This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. 